Hello and welcome back to K-Drama Rants. My name is Melanie and I like to rant about K-dramas. I've recorded this intro at least five times now, but there is no way for me to get actual quiet in the background of this episode because my neighbors have just been absolute menaces this week and completely not allowed for one single minute of quiet on this street. So I apologize if you can hear yelling, loud music, construction, or anything else of the sort in the background. There is not a lot I can do about it because where I live, even if you call for a complaint of disturbing the peace, there's no way in hell that is going to mean anything in terms of outcomes or consequences of people's actions. Again, I'm sorry. I'm going to try my best to clean this up in post. Last week, we finally got 100% confirmation that I was right about who was kidnapped. The show had made it very obvious who was the one who was kidnapped, but I need the validation, so I'm going to take it. I'm still waiting on whether my theory is correct about Song Yun remembering that he was the one that was kidnapped because he feels guilty about being the reason that his brother was kidnapped. It's kind of hinted at, but it's not obvious yet, so I'm waiting for that one. This week, on episode 11 of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, we start right where we left off. Kim Miso faints after seeing a magician's assistant lowered on a swing on stage. The assistant does bear a resemblance to the woman who kidnapped her and Yongjun, so I get it. All the while, Song Yun is talking at her, completely not realizing that she's going through something. Then she passes out. Yongjun rushes to her, pushes Song Yun out of his way, and tries to get her to wake up. And we finally, finally, finally get to go to the past and see the world through baby Miso's experiences. And she wakes up the night of her kidnapping to start looking for her mom, who is in the hospital, so she was not going to find her at her house. She steps outside and confuses the woman who ends up kidnapping her, walking past her house for her mom. So she calls out to the woman, and the woman tells baby Miso that she will take Miso to her mom in the hospital, which is information that Miso had volunteered. So tell your kids that it's not the best idea to share everything. I am confused because this is not at all what they had established earlier in the show. What I recall is that Miso had happened upon the kidnapping and then she ends up kidnapped unclear how and I guess this wasn't sinister enough and they changed it halfway through or they forgot that this was something that they had established earlier and they just went with another story honestly I don't know why this happened but I'm rolling with it Miso goes with the woman to find Yongjun in an abandoned building where they were kept and Miso still has no idea that this is bad she's like oh, after I sleep here, you're going to take me to my mom? And I'm like, girly, how is an abandoned building with cobwebs everywhere, no electricity, 
Actually, I think it does have electricity. But like ripped wallpaper and no furniture, not setting off alarm bells. Like even if you are a very young child, that seems to me like enough information for you to at least clock that something's wrong. But she sees young Yongjun and goes to him. In the present, Miso is in the hospital and Yongjun is sitting next to her, holding her hand, waiting for her to wake up. And I give points to Yongjun for agonizing next to her the whole time that she's in the hospital. Very good. Then we do a little perspective switch and see what happens from Yongjun's eyes. They are now both in cable ties. Their hands and feet are bound. And she introduces herself to Yongjun. And when he does the same, she cannot grasp that he's saying Songhyun instead of Songyun. So a common empty threat in Korea is Tugule, which is, do you want to die? So he threatens her for not understanding his name, but she does not know what dying means. So she asks him what will happen when her mom dies, which is what her dad had told her will happen to her mom. And he admits that like many of us, he doesn't know what will happen when her mom dies. So Misa calls him a babo, which is a fool, for not knowing that she won't be able to speak to her mom again when she dies. And he's offended because even at nine years old, his ego is made of threads of glass and confirms that it is the case that baby Misa will not be able to speak to her mom when she dies. And Misa was not ready for that answer because she had no idea what dying means. And she had only heard that that could mean that she will not be able to speak to her mom again. So it sends Misa into tears immediately. And the kidnapper walks in, upset that Miso is crying, and tells them that they need to be quiet while they wait for their dad. And Miso doesn't realize that she needs to play along, that she's this woman's daughter. But Yongjun appeases the woman and gives Miso the caramel that he had in his pocket so that she would calm down. Side note, where is this kind and caring Yongjun as an adult? Did the trauma take it away from him? I'm sorry, that is not funny. It's not funny. I'm laughing because I'm a terrible human being. I really do wish that they'd shown this side of Yong Jun as an adult. Because I feel like it doesn't really show up. And I think the show tries to convince me that it does, but doesn't. The kidnapper shows up later carrying some rope while Yong Jun and Miso sleep. But Yong Jun wakes up when he hears her come in and the kidnapper snaps out of her delusion. Which is a very scary moment because like... If she still thinks that these children are her children, she's less likely to hurt them. But now that she knows that she's a kidnapper, that spell of danger. So she tells him about how she gave up her whole life in order to be with a man who could not care less about her now. So she threatens to take the kids with her when she dies, when she kills herself. But Young Jun talks her out of it and he even tries to save her but the woman can't handle it so she takes her own life all alone and she has Yongjun watch her do it and I know this sounds like a weird thing but at least she died pretty instantly 
because it could have been dragged out. And that's a lot worse because hangings can and do take a very long time. Not that I am intimately familiar with hangings, not that I've ever watched one, but I have read that they do. And random side note, I completely nixed a whole show because it was about suicide and I don't know why I did that because I'm fairly certain that every single K-drama that I've ever watched has a subplot that involves suicide and I wonder why okay I don't wonder why that is I think it's just a very present part of the cultural zeitgeist of Korea and that's sad. I wish that it wouldn't be the case anymore and that we'd have content that does not involve a side plot where suicide is discussed. Back to the show, he goes to close the door between the room where she took her life and the room where they were held so that Miso didn't have to see it. But Miso wakes up just in time to see him close the door which is when he convinces her that the hanged woman is a spider, thereby starting the whole lifetime of arachnophobia. Doesn't matter anyway, because he has to go back in the room in order to grab the scissors to cut themselves free. And the poor kid finds solace in Miso being in the next room while he's panicking over the woman hanging over his head. That is so traumatic. That is so heavy for a silly little drama about a woman and her boss. Why? He grabs the scissors and cuts them both out of their binds and tells Miso to close her eyes while they escape because the spider might bite her. It's honestly very cute that he's like this aware of how to make her feel better. He walks her home, and then he tells her not to walk out at night by herself anymore. Fair enough. And she decides right then and there that she wants to marry him because he looks like a prince. And he's rich, like her daddy told her to look for before the age of six. Because I don't actually know how old Miso is when she was kidnapped, but I feel like she's around the age of six. And she already heard her daddy tell her to find a rich man to marry? Girl, she's six. She is younger than six. What did you tell her that for? Anyway, he tells her that his family also owns the companies that makes the dolls that she likes. So now that she knows this information, she has to marry this boy. He hesitantly agrees she's like we'll love each other when we're older because he tells her that she should marry for love and she's like don't worry about that it'll come i mean they do manage it so good for them on his way home the ghost of the woman who kidnapped him haunts him so he runs all the way to the police station where he passes out he then wakes up in the hospital where his parents are waiting for him to wake up and starts panicking from the memory of the kidnapping. Later, his parents take him home, and on the way, he tries to get them to take him to the neighborhood where he was kidnapped so that he can keep the promise he made to Biso 
to see her again. However, by the time he managed to convince them, the neighborhood had already been slated for demolition and renovation by their family's company. So he then lives the rest of his life finding it hard to look at women who remind him of Misa, even though he has no idea what she would look like when she's older, but okay, and panicking over cable ties. That is totally understandable. And this is when you're supposed to understand that he has remembered this whole time. He has remembered this whole time. He been you. What? So he has heard this woman racking her brain, breaking it in order to figure out what happened to her. And he's like, I would really rather not tell you, even though that would make your search a lot easier. He explains it later, but oh my God. Then we once again experience when he met her for the first time as an adult, and he tries asking her if she knows who he is. And we are made to understand that he was actually asking her if she remembered him from childhood. I know I gave him a lot of shit for that one, and like I have to admit, I judged him too harshly for this one. Okay, I, I did. And when she said that she only knew him as the chairman's son, he felt relieved that she didn't have to bear the burden of remembering the kidnapping. So he decided to keep her around as his secretary. Still in the past, we follow around Misa for a bit while she's flustered about answering a phone call from Japan, and she had to ask for help from a coworker to answer it. And the woman who helped her makes snide remarks that she can't believe that Misa is the secretary to an exec, and she can't even speak Japanese. Like, did she even go to college? I mean, shut up. So Misa calls her sister when she gets that comment and tells her, and she's the only one who doesn't always understand what's going on because there's different languages happening. And meanwhile, Young Jun is listening in on her conversation with her sister like a creeper, but he tries to do something nice, I think. Later, he gives her a book for learning Japanese, and then he grills her every day on it. Look, the show is trying to convince me that the way he treated her was out of love for her from when they were children, but I don't know. I think he was being a little poo-poo head the whole time. That's what I, that's hot take. I'm not afraid to say it. Someone has to. Because it still feels bad when someone treats you like shit, even if the intention was good. And when she does become proficient in Japanese, he rewards her with more homework to learn Chinese. Yay. So I think I'm right that he's not a particularly good man, even if his intentions were good. Yeah, he's doing it so she doesn't get bullied at work, but maybe the reason why people bully at your own dang company is because you do not set the example. So... There was a chance for introspection and he didn't take it. One day he finds her sleeping on the job after working for three days straight and decides to give her a break by delaying the meeting that she'd been prepping for. And again, 
a little reprieve after working her to the bone is not really a good way to treat her. That's all I'm saying. Then later, still in the past, when he gets promoted to president, she makes him a little keychain thingy, and he looks down on it to her face. He's like, this is ugly, basically. Even though you know and I know that he's squealing on the inside that he got a little thumb from her. So why is he acting like he's too good for school? I need him to stop. Just be earnest. On her birthday, still in the past, he got her a cake that she dropped by accident when she was going to take a picture of it. And it cements it in his head that he wanted to be with her forever. So when we get to the beginning of the show and she says that she'll quit, it throws him for a loop. Back in the present at the hospital, he's still waiting for her to wake. And then Song Yeon shows up. So Yong Jun pushes him out of the room against a wall to ask him what he did to make her pass out. Song Yeon calmly states that he knows he's not the one who was kidnapped. He's like, I guess it makes sense that you never felt bad when you saw me struggling because you knew it wasn't even me who got kidnapped. And I'm like, bitch, get fuerte. That's so hard. <laughs> Can you imagine thinking that you've been kidnapped your whole life and then you find out 20 years later or something that actually you weren't? And your brother has just been letting you think that? Even though he knew the entire time that it wasn't you, that it was actually him? I mean... I understand why Song Yeon is lost in this episode. Yong Jun goes back into Miso's room in the hospital to find her awake and teary-eyed because of what she knows now. But instead of asking her about it and if she's doing well, he's like, Work! Ha 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 ha! Work. He tries to get her some water or something and she asks him to confirm that he never lost his memory. And he doesn't want to give in, but she remembers everything now. You know, passing out really can help you unlock some memories. She thanks him through her tears for taking care of her and protecting her that day. He tells her that only he could have protected her, which seems like a weird time to be self-aggrandizing. But I digress. He tells her that he didn't want her to carry the burden of the memory. And she goes off on him and asks why he kept it from her. And finally, he admits that he's never been able to forget for a single day. So he thought that it was better if she didn't have to live with this memory at all. But she retorts with, you can't keep secrets forever, which is untrue. That is not factual. There are so many secrets that have died with the secret keepers. That is completely irrelevant. But he wanted her to delay her remembering as long as possible. And she says she wouldn't feel so bad if she could have shared his burden. And then she's like, being this considerate isn't like you. You should have been selfish this time. So she makes him promise to stop keeping things from her. Then he tells her that he's going to stay with her that night, and they seem very happy together now. Meanwhile, on the streets of Seoul, 
Songyeon is remembering what actually happened. He had left Yeongdoon alone, and he had gone as a child back to the house where his brother had been kidnapped. I think that might have been part of what implanted the fake memory in him. So now he's reckoning with that. So he goes home, wrecks his room, and his mom goes to him when their, I'm assuming cleaning lady, goes to her to tell her that Songyeon needs his mama right now. And he confronts his mom when she shows up asking, why the heck? I'd also like to know. She didn't tell him the truth until now. He's like, do you know how embarrassing this is? What must Young Jun think of me? She's like, but he doesn't know, so don't worry. And then Sonyeon drops the bomb to his mom and tells her, hey, actually, your son does know. He remembers everything. And that leaves her stunned. At the hospital, Young Jun receives news from the doctors about Miso's state. And then he catches a little girl playing with a doll. So when he goes to check in on Miso again, he brings her the doll that she used to like as a child when they were kidnapped. Which honestly, it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet. Okay, it's sweet. I will give that one to him. He kept this doll for 20 plus years. Maybe less, maybe more. I don't actually understand the timeline very well. I could never. I would have thrown that shit out because it would have reminded me of being kidnapped. So when he hands her this doll and she was like just looking at it, he asks her if this makes him a perfect candidate for a husband. He's harking back to the time she said they should get married after the kidnapping. But she fades ignorance, unsure if she's pretending not to remember or if she actually doesn't remember. I think she's pretending because she wrote about it in her diary. But he pretends he's okay that she does not remember and they have a sweet moment where she tells him that they should bury their memories and forget all about him like the bones made from cowhide that his dog used to bury when he was little the next day he forces her to take the day off so that she can get a full checkup at the hospital she tries to protest but he's like no <laughs> He goes to work and rushes through a meeting where Park was presenting. So Park runs after him to ask if he noticed that he was unwell. But Young Jun does not care about his bestie going through it with his ex-wife. And he walks off. He goes off to tell Jia to take the rest of the day so he can catch up with Misa. But he finds Misa at her desk instead refusing any special treatment from her boss boyfriend. So he walks into his office. Then Jia shows up and starts talking trash about Young Jun to Miso's face. But Miso's not having it and she stares daggers at Jia and tells her to focus on her work. Meanwhile, in his office, Young Jun is thinking real hard, trying to figure out how to get Miso to rest so he can stop worrying about her. Then at Park's office, his secretary is reading some manga and eating some chips until he shows up. 
because she was expecting him to be at the meeting for longer. He tells her to get his expensive medicine ready. He then drinks it, and it gives him a rush of energy until she walks in and tells him that, I accidentally switched the medication, and I drank it, and you had my weight loss drink instead of the medication, and he's very upset because it's his very expensive medication. But to be fair to her, they are in very similar packaging, and he also didn't bother to read the packaging before finishing it off, so I think they're both at fault here because he knows she's incompetent. So he doesn't have to keep her around as a secretary. And then she gets a notification on her calendar, which is synced to his calendar, obviously, because she's a secretary, about his ex-wife's birthday. So she asks him what she should do about it, but he tells her not to do anything at all. So we know something's about to go down. Back at Young Jun's office, his plan is to make the gossip crew at work test out I hope you can hear the quotes around that. The spa at the company's hotel. So off they go. The woman in the gossip group get a full body massage and they talk between treatments and Sera divulges that she's seeing somebody and Dia asks Misa what her type is like. So Misa replies that she likes someone who's considerate and warm-hearted. With the quickness, Dia's like, Ah, so the opposite of our boss. <laughs> that was good. And instead of leaving well enough alone, Misa defends him. She then gets a text from him, hoping that she's having a good time. And they have a cute little battle of like who could be the cutest. They send hearts to each other and he again guessed an animated blush on his cheeks and he gets animated hearts around him when she sends him a little emoji heart it is cute i will not deny it meanwhile park is eating alone remembering the time with his ex-wife when they went out to the same restaurant on her birthday because she likes the steak here so much and then he sees her coming in with her cousin the man he thought was his wife's new boyfriend. And I'm like, weren't you married to her? Wouldn't you know that he's her cousin? But he doesn't get a chance to learn that he's her cousin before making a big show about it. The cousin steps out because he's like, I don't want to deal with this. And his ex-wife calls him out for making a scene on her birthday, which he probably didn't know it was. He definitely knew it was her birthday, but she thought that he was inconsiderate. And she leaves. But he did know that it was her birthday. That's why he was there. Then Park goes to his bestie, unsure why this man is still his bestie. She's like, this friendship is not equal. He goes to his bestie to vent about what happened and advises him never to break up with Misov. He even asks Young Jun to drink with him because he doesn't want to be alone. But Young Jun wants to hang out with his girlfriend, so he makes Park do more work so he's not alone while he's in meetings and gives every member of the gossip crew the rest of the day off when they get back from the spa. And he even gives a day off to his driver who's a little upset that Sera isn't at the office because everyone else got the day off as well. Then Young Jun takes Misol to the amusement park that was built on the site where Misol used to live as a child, apparently. The house where they were held 
was exactly where the carousel is now. The ride she always wanted to ride as a child. And he's glad and she's glad that so many people can find joy there now instead of the pain they felt there. Honestly, the scene still feels like capitalist propaganda where it's okay that people lost their homes because an amusement park is there now. But I know nothing about that. Anyway, the fountain at the park was the land where her childhood home used to be. And she's glad that it's not a haunted house or something equally unsavory. So he tells her that he's glad that he's able to talk about what happened to them now so openly instead of keeping it in like he had been for all these years. He then tries to take her home, but he doesn't want the night to end. So they go on a little walk and he invites her to his place so that she doesn't have to be alone with the memories she just recovered. But she turns him down. She doesn't remember the details. It's fine. And in his place, Young Jun falls deeper in love with her as he rereads the book that she told him was her favorite. But at her place, Miso tries to fall asleep, but she can't because she imagines the sound of the steps of the woman who kidnaps them. Then Young Jun shows up uninvited to sleep in her apartment, thereby saving her from sleeping alone. So that's where episode 11 ends. I should have more feelings about this, but Young Jun inviting himself to sleep with his girlfriend as long as she consents is fine. That's, that's fine. Because he knows that she's going to have a rough time because he's been through it before. And he knows that nightmares are coming. So I get why he would be pushy about it. I'm still kind of at a loss as to why Song Yeon thought that he was the one who was kidnapped. Like, this doesn't explain anything about it. Like, did he just show up to the house and he's like, oh, well, I've been kidnapped. I've been the one kidnapped now. Like, what? How, how did we get to this point? Is it just because he felt guilty? Like, why did the family let him think that, though? That seems... So crazy that they just all decided to collectively gaslight him. But it was like the parents chose that. And then Young Jun chose that by himself. Like, why? Why? Why would you do this to your brother and your child? This is the main question I want answered now. Other things I'm still interested in seeing? Jang and Sera's blossoming relationship and Park's journey with his ex-wife. I don't know where they're going to take that. Because I'm like, she seems pretty pissed at him still. I, I don't know how they're going to turn this around town in five episodes. As always, feel free to email me at koreandramarants at gmail.com or reach me on Instagram at koreandramarants. I'll catch y'all next week with episode 12 of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. Thank you for listening. Bye.